Welcome back, everybody, to the Crypto Conversion Podcast. Great episode this week with Julian Altquist um, talking about the generation of saints. Um, AI AI saint images. It, it was great to get a Catholic guest. So thank you, Connor, for uh, for uh, helping us out with that one. That was a uh, that was a great treat, and he he is uh, he's delightful. Very just right up mine and Matt's alley at least. So that that great episode for the people to watch. Something a little bit different. Something especially for the Catholics, but not exclusive to just Catholics. No, absolutely. Not the Eucharist. Anybody can anybody can partake of this uh of this episode and this podcast. No, no he just wants to baptize AI, so you know, it's open yeah. to all Christians. Yeah, hey, exactly. baptism. Yeah, I, yes. Yep. They're all bad. So, right. But news this week. Um so BlackRock ETF announcement. Um that really kinda But it was fake. Off. It's not an Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The ETF, the announcement turned out There's to a be a false announcement first. announcement, yep. but it still spurred the bull the bull market. Well it I, I think it was it was the fake announcement and then I think that led people to dig and it was ah, yeah. I forget what the site is they called. It's like ETDC or some, they filed for it months ago. Yeah, yeah. so it wasn't, it was, who was it? Was it Coin Telegraph? The tweet came from Coin Telegraph. Yes, 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 it did. Yeah, that said yeah. it was the imminently approved or was approved. Yeah. Everybody went yeah. crazy, and then it was like that was yeah. false information. But, but it was then, fake. and then it's everything still, dropped yeah. back down to 28, 29K. But now we're up to 35K. We're testing 32. We haven't yeah. been here in a while, and where the yeah. market is right now to be testing months, this level yeah. is very interesting. Yeah. So I, I think I think the it's obviously it was the fake news of the ETF made us jump up and back down, and then it was um, they I forget what like site it was or what um, organization it was, but had listed the ticker of their mm. ETF. And so, you know, like in preparation. Um, and so that well, is causing everyone to speculate that it is yeah. coming very soon. Yeah, and what I'll so, say is I hear everybody yeah. saying what it did is it made everybody realize that the ETF is imminent. And as soon as that gets approved, like we're going bull territory. So everybody started buying beforehand. Now that's what everybody's saying. And I'll say that uh, the crypto markets tend to have, you know, a, a tendency to sometimes do the opposite. So- yeah. Keep this in mind. If the ETF doesn't get approved, hard to say where we're going. But yeah. no, for sure, it is very hard to say where we're going. And it's interesting too because different states right now are coming out with different staking regulations. Like Wisconsin just um, just banned basically all staking. Really? So that I, I know. That. Yeah. No, it was the strange thing my chiropractor was showing me. Coinbase sent an email to the customers, and he was like. Look at this. I'm like, I didn't even know anything about that. That is weird. Mm. So that's something I need to dive a little more into before I start talking about it as news. But that's coming yeah. up. Like, depending on the state that you're in, crypto is getting looked at differently um, from a Well, good thing you live in Minnesota right now. Right? <laughs> I know. Well, that's, yeah, right. I'm right. What do you think about uh, Tom Emma? Uh, he was going for Speaker of the House and didn't make it, but. Yeah, I mean he's okay. He's a, he's a great he's a great ally for us in our community. But I don't. I mean I'm not going to be wearing you know Emmer yeah. for speaker shirts anytime soon. Like I I, I find yeah. I find most of our uh, Congress people here in Minnesota to be um, fairly 
ineffective and more go with the flow than actually try to do anything. But that's another conversation for another day. Uh, sure. Nobody really cares what I think about politics. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, what do we think about uh, not politics, but politically related? There was a lot of claims that uh, Hamas was getting funded with a lot of cryptocurrency. And then so the Wall Street Journal published this report and Nick Crowder, I saw along with, uh, I believe, Bology and a lot of people jumped on this uh, this bandwagon, but basically said that was entirely false, completely false story. Um, no proof for any wallet addresses that were associated with Hamas that were having, you know, I forget what the number was. It was somewhere in the millions. So um, that was a big story this week. What do you guys, what was the kind of takeaways from that? I'll tell you what my takeaway was, but I'm curious what y'all's was. Sure. I would so, be yeah. surprised. I had, well, I was, um, gosh, I remember seeing something and I don't know if it was Hamas specifically or some other group that was like, Hey, don't donate in Bitcoin because it is traceable, you know, like, like, and I I don't know if it was, yeah, if it was them or it was somewhere else and and people were debating that they threw that into the ring, but um, I haven't followed this story too closely. Okay. Well, that story was beforehand. And then this story came out, Wall Street Journal, and then Basically, it was proven false, and people have been calling Wall Street Journal to retract a statement, and they're refusing to. What didn't um, and it looks like they're aligned with Elizabeth Warren there, so there's maybe some yes. interesting political correct. Didn't Binance, re- didn't Binance do something about some wallets that were believed to be associated with Hamas? Like, didn't they restrict some access? It's possible. I think uh, Binance is kind of in the middle of their own, you know, obviously uh, war of attrition. Cases, so. I haven't heard too much about Binance recently, but that sounds like something that probably would have done. But I thought it was kind of an interesting conversation recently because, and I'm not, I'm going to say like right off the bat, like I'm not by any means a supporter of Hamas, but I do think it's kind of curious to people saying, oh no, like people are sending money to Hamas. We have to ban cryptocurrency. And it's like, okay, but this is kind of the point of cryptocurrency, right? Like you should be able to do with your money, you know, as you see fit, right? Maybe you don't, donating to terrorist organizations, you know, but by the same flip of the coin, ideally cryptocurrency is going to give people, you know, sovereignty to control their money, you know, as opposed to the current system, which says, Hey, you can send your money here, but you can't send your money to the Canadian truckers or, you know, you can, uh, you can make political donations to, you know, uh, our campaigns, right. In the case of FTX, but you can't make political, make donations to said Christian organization. So as much as I don't support Hamas, I think it's kind of a weird conversation to be having and people saying, oh, no, they're not sending money to Hamas. It's like, but cryptocurrency does allow that. And technically, we do kind of support, you know, self-sovereignty. So weird conversation. Uh, It is because then you start going in the weeds of like, you know, what does what North Korea does or what any country who's considered an adversary does. uh, You know, it's it's kind of a. uh, yeah, it's it's different. Um, I'm seeing uh, Gensler. Uh, there's gonna be some more uh, regulation on the space. I don't know to what extent though, but there's gonna be some more stuff that happens. But it, it, I, until it happens, I am I I have yet to believe it. I think it's I think it has a lot to do with just saying the usual song and dance where most. Uh, cryptocurrencies act as securities and um yeah to a certain extent some of them do act as securities uh, Mm -hmm. but 
I would argue that a lot of them aren't at the same time. So that's um, the that that's the kicker. I don't know if I mentioned it in here, um, but I had uh, seen a story about the, the there was a ETH futures ETF that was approved um, in Europe. You know, I, again, I don't remember if we mentioned it here. No, uh, Europe got a spot Bitcoin ETF. Um, which is kind of funny to think about that we're fighting for it and they already have one. Um, But no, an ETH futures ETF was approved here in this country or a number of them were. Um, It didn't lead. uh, There were a few people on Twitter who were like hoping it would lead to, you know, a a mini bull run, Um, but it it didn't, it really didn't lead to anything. Um, Again, Bitcoin has had futures ETFs um, apparently since I think 2021 is when they were first Mm. approved again here in the U S. But Anyway, the as we're talking about the SEC and, and naming things as securities, um, the fact that it's a futures ETF um, makes you know people were saying, "Hey, is this are they are they implying that they don't view ETH as a security um, because futures contracts are are um, in the realm of the CFTC, not the SEC?" Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys had caught the futures thing but anyway just on brandon's point about more regulation coming in securities it seems i don't know you know this at least seems to be evidence in one direction that uh, they might not be viewing eth as a security very interesting yeah a lot of developments uh this week and um you know i think everybody everybody has a lot to be paying attention to with the bitcoin bull run yeah yeah. One other possible um, reason for the bull run is the uh, the BitVM news, right? Just to I don't think that throw that in here. All, but... <laughs> a lot I of developments on BitVM. Did we talk about that last episode, though? I think we did, right? Did we, we did. Yeah, we talked a little, little bit about bit. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. People had to pay so. attention to that space, but uh, Matt's been popping off on that recently. He's been helping. Yeah, I tried. I tried to, behind the scenes. So some social. Maybe we have to do an episode on this. Yeah, hey, maybe we could get uh, super test that back, um, or maybe yeah, this uh, this Robin Linus guy who came up with the idea. But super testnet is is he's very much in the um, in the space and in all of the BitVM you know conversations and so. I'll take uh, anyway, super just test- kind of fun. I would take super testnet as our uh, the first repeat guest. Any we need to help anything. him with his uh, podcasting equipment though. Maybe maybe I'll. <laughs> send him some yeah that's true yeah it it wasn't the strongest but but what he lacked in equipment he had in information and just overall experience like i was just i was floored that episode that was that was one of the best ones uh Shout out to well, that. this is a great episode as well so i'm super excited to be sharing this with people but uh yeah listen for sure it's coming up yeah yeah so enjoy it uh more news to come, I'm sure, but we just wanted to at least get on here and talk about the the Bitcoin bulls, and uh, hopefully, some people are uh, are reaping the benefits of this. Uh, don't this is you know I, what's the word you say? Like, I just hope people were buying when it was in the twenty k's because this is what everybody talks about. It's like, oh, like now's the time to jump on it. I, be patient. Don't do anything rash. Uh, make sure you're making wise decisions that you can afford. Um, if you missed this run, there will be other ones. Be patient with yourself. Do what's measured and enjoy it. For those of you that 
are able to enjoy it. So hopefully everybody catches the episode with Julian and we will see you next week. Welcome back everybody to the Crypto Conversion Podcast. Super excited to be here with Julian Alquist. Julian is a graduate of Christendom College with a double major in philosophy and theology. He also is a founding faculty at Chesterton Academy where he helped uh, create the history and philosophy programs. Super excited to have Julian on, and we're actually going to be taking that uh, history and philosophy degree and talking about uh, AI technology, so going a little bit of a different direction here today. But uh, yeah, Julian has been working on a project for some time now uh, called Generation of the Saints, with AI capitalized in Saints, where he is creating uh, some mid-journey and AI images of uh, different um, different saints through the uh, liturgical calendar. So we'll going to be talking to Julian about what this project is all about, what uh, what caused him to create it, and then also specifically an article that he wrote in Gilbert Magazine. So Julian, why don't you just uh, give us a little bit of an introduction to what kind of brought you to AI, maybe your first experiences with MidJourney, and um, you know what uh, kind of inspired you to start this project? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, so I've sort of been an amateur digital artist, very amateur on the side for I guess 25 years, technically, you know, I knew fo- photoshops in the nineties. Um, and, you know, I've done you know, some, some like painting, some, you know, pencil sketches here and there. So kind of had a somewhat classical artistic training, but uh, you know, it's been fallen to the wayside for a while, but um, yeah, the, in terms of AI uh, with this project, I just saw a random YouTube video and I, I don't know, remember what it was, but it was, um, showcasing uh, the Dolly art generation program by OpenAI, the same company that makes ChatGPT. And I was just blown away that you could just type in a prompt and boom, it makes that image. And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't succeed, but sometimes it does. And I'm like, oh my goodness, for some reason, I was, it was just, uh, it was so enthralling. And um, one time, um, I think this was about a year ago at this point, I was having uh, a beer at a, a brewery with one of my friends, namely a priest, uh, Father Timothy Sanquist. He's the chaplain at our school. And I just, you know, brought my my phone up and, you know, showed him these, uh, the, the, the sort of test images of this Dolly uh, program. And he was blown away too. We were totally on the same page. I'm like, oh, oh this is this is going to be a big deal. And we, we both were like, you know, we should use it for good. I don't know, for like <laughs> religious art. Uh, and they're like, yeah, duh. <laughs> um, and, you know, to make uh, images of saints, right? We kind of had that idea right away. And um, so eventually uh, Father Sanquist uh, notified me that Dolly was now open to the public because it wasn't for a while. And uh, he was already messing with it. And I just totally went in. So this was before I discovered Midjourney. And so just I spent hours and hours on Dolly and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. It was so fun. It didn't do religious art that well. I was just doing really weird crap. Um, I don't know, like, you know, a jester playing an organ that shoots missiles in the style of uh, Van Gogh or something, you know, stuff like that, or or like a cave painting of the discovery of nuclear physics or something, uh, you know. And uh, so th- then eventually, um, yeah, b- both uh, Father Sanquist and I tried to make some religious art, and it wasn't working that well. Finally, uh, Father Sanquist, who's like almost more savvy than I sometimes, um told me about mid journey and, you know, he gave me an image of St. Thomas Aquinas that he made. I'm like, okay, good. This is it. This is it right here. So then I signed it onto mid journey and, uh, it was just perfect. I was, you know, utterly obsessed and I would just generate, uh, uh, 
almost religious art uh, instantly. And um, I, at this point, I've generated at least at least published two thousand images of uh, of saints. Um, and I think it, of like two hundred and twenty saints in total. I like I do multiple images of uh, of the same saint oftentimes. But uh, yeah, it was it was terrifying at the same time because I, I just felt that this is such a huge game changer in society in general, like Gutenberg level, uh, uh, change, but, um, yeah. And so father Sanquist and I, uh, founded, uh, we just, we started on Reddit. I don't know why. I don't know if that was the best <laughs> option, <laughs> uh, to, um, to show these, uh, images of saints that we were making. Uh, then, you know, we have an Instagram page now as well. Uh, but you know, it's just, it's totally a side project, uh, at, you know, at this point. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been taking off. I'm, you know, I have the Mac, Max subscription on Mid Journey, which is, you know, 30, 30 hours of generation a month, but I max it out every time. Uh, you know, I have to buy more hours. And uh yeah, it um that is how I got into it. I mean, I've I've used a ChatGPT just for fun usually. Um also it's been useful to catch plagiarism since I'm a teacher and you know I have to grade papers and so I kind of got familiar with how ChatGPT sounds and I I've caught people plagiarizing and I I figured out like oh they must have used this prompt to generate this paper and then I I managed to recreate the, the prompt and boom it spits out basically exactly what they've uh, done and they you know have Yikes. to have to fess up to it. <laughs> so that's going to be a nightmare. Obviously the the future, I think, of writing papers in uh, school would be you have to write it uh, in class, you know, <laughs> with the with the the teacher looking right at you. No, that's a um, good that's a good use of AI in particular is identifying plagiarism because AI hmm. won't they that won't yeah. let you uh, that won't let you slip through the cracks. Yeah, at the very least, if you think that AI is evil, it's still useful to be familiar with it. Just like you know. It's useful to know like how demons work uh, to some extent, right? To study demonology, right? Again, if you're in the complete anti-AI uh, camp, right? Um, but uh, yeah, that's how I got into uh, the the current situation of AI at the moment. Yeah. So I mean, I, I will say that. Yeah. Well, I was just curious. Oh, sorry. So I – sorry. Uh, the um, – uh, I've always been, you know – artistically inclined, at least, you know, casually, but, you know, I've always been, um, really sensitive to bad religious art and how, you know, when I look at bad religious art, yes. I I'm inclined to not like God as much. Right. And, you know, if I see really good, amazing religious art, I like, I'll kind of like God more. Right. So if, uh, you know, if we're trying to, um, uh, spread the gospel, it'd be nice to get this art thing, uh, on, on our side. And of course it has been, like the church has been a champion of the arts uh, for a good chunk of history. And, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a theory why that's sort of declined. But, you know, since since we have this program that uh, makes at least seemingly very good art, depending on, I guess, how you define art, why don't we use it uh, for good and make a good religious Christian art? <laughs> so. so I'm going to we can blame that on the, the 70s and 80s for the, the bad art that has basically infiltrated our uh, our Catholic faith and all the the churches and parishes across the United States with the new it's either like everything got whited out or they started creating like these new modern abstract buildings, churches, and it, it it would be nice to get back to some of the more like 
what we identify with or, or what can, you know, kind of lift our souls essentially. And it seems like, I don't know, it's, it's tough to find that, that type of artwork in today, in today's like world culture, church, etc. And fortunately, when you look at something like AI, it's pulling from every type of image that's ever been created in the history of images to help create a more, um, um, um the most perfect image that it thinks it's creating so i i don't necessarily hate it ha, have you been using the images for any of your curriculum or anything like that with um with some of the different texts and things that you write I'm, i know so my 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 youngest brother actually goes to chesterton academy too and so um one of the newer ones out there in eastern wisconsin and so I'm just curious if this has helped with any of that from just putting the images into different, you know, curriculum, especially religion classes, talking about the saints, things like that. For sure. Uh, Unofficially, yes. Uh, Occasionally, like if I have extra time at the end of class, I say, hey, do you guys want to see some of the images I've, I've made? And they're usually just utterly floored, um, you know, um, the uh, even even like the kind of kids that don't seem that devout are amazed at it. And, um, yeah, I had at least one student for his art project. He's going to paint one of the uh, images of Maximilian Colby that I uh, that nice. I made. <laughs> um, that'll be like a semester long project for him. Um, but, yeah, I've. You know, I do some online teaching on the side. I've used a little bit of images with that. But, yeah, at this point, it's very, very much just a side project. But, yeah, I'm, I definitely am going to merge the two more and more uh, in some way or another. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at it right now on the Reddit page, and I'm just like, holy smokes, this is this is awesome stuff. Like, it, it definitely would be it would be it would it would go good in terms of pointing the imagination of somebody who's 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 a young mind in 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 further direction and inquiry to to want to learn more about who this person is yeah definitely i mean for for me even though you know it's artificial uh you know mm-hmm. the saints definitely have come to come to life and you know christ too because there's a bunch of you know images of christ there uh just like feels more real I'm like oh these are real people interesting oh yeah wow uh so you know that's Ironic because this is artificial uh, art, artificial art. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I am curious. You, um, I mean, you obviously talked about good versus bad religious art, and then um, you've also talked about how you can note when a student, um, like you can notice when they've, um, like, like you know how ChatGPT writes. Um, yeah. And so I, I am curious. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've heard. I, I'm not enough of an art critic or whatever to to really be able to point things out but i've i've heard a lot of people say that you know ai art is maybe a little soulless or it's um i and so i i guess i'm i'm curious obviously you you know you can critique chat gpt maybe because you're more of a writer and and you you know and, and reader and you're able to critique that more literarily um yeah. but I, I i don't know is uh is uh, do you have any thoughts on that is is you know, yeah. is this mid journey art? Is it soulless? Is it meant yeah. to, like you're saying, is it meant to inspire your student to like paint something and their painting right. has soul where this doesn't, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I mean, if, if you're going, uh, you know, a technical definition, uh, it is soulless, right? The artificial intelligence doesn't have a soul. That's true. I mean, but if you want to do super literal, any painting painted by a, you know, a real human technically doesn't have a soul either. Cause it's not a lot. Sure. 
<laughs> so obviously we're talking poetry here. Um, you know, definitely uh, it, like some of the early AI art does look uh, pretty, yeah, lifeless, soulless, whatever you want to call it. But uh, a lot of times the the religious art that's that uh, Mid Journey is pumping out seems to have more life in it than what I see in a lot of uh, actual man-made um, art. So I think that's changing. Now, so when I wrote um, the Gilbert uh, 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 article, apparently one person wrote in, and because, so on the cover, this is, you see it? Yeah, this is Our Lady of Grace. So this is one of the images I made. Um, and apparently they, the, 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 the person who wrote in said that it was my first, time that I had like an iconoclastic impulse, <laughs> uh, right? I- iconoclasm, right? was a, uh, was a heresy where, you know, they thought icons, religious icons were evil. Um, and I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. So, <laughs> cause iconoclasm was a heresy, at least according to the Catholic church. Um, let's see. I what? so, yeah. So the, the soul, soul less aspect to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, the, we, even with chat GPT, um, sometimes it, it, it doesn't, it feels like, yeah, a real person wrote this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sometimes not right. Uh, but it seems to both, yeah, both mid journey and, and chat GPT seem to be getting better in terms of the, uh, of simulated human task, uh, tasks or whatever, right? It seems more, more and more real that, you know, it's going to pass the Turing test more and more. Um, so yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel real. Sometimes it is, it's increasingly feeling more real. And, uh, I think more and more people are saying, Ooh, yeah, this art is good rather than bad. Yeah. So you, so you're a part of, to preface, you know, um, we all kind of came from a little bit of a homeschool background and, um, Matt and Connor more so than myself. I, I've been in, you know, I was homeschooled for a bit, went to parochial school all, all across the board for me. I'm kind of, but when you're throwing around terms like iconoclasm, um, you're, you're, appealing, you're, you're appealing to a certain crowd that, that I'm very familiar with in the Catholic space is what people refer to as very trad. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's, because there's a lot of beauty in in what their what that group of people is like, you know, is is wanting those vestiges of what makes the liturgy the liturgy, what makes the Catholic faith the Catholic faith, and it's really beautiful. Unfortunately, you know, the the typical diocesan parish has kind of watered things down exponentially, where we rarely see those those symbols that that you know that type of catholic is is looking for outside of easter and christmas if you have a pastor that's even going to break out those bells and whistles for those types of things so that's why i feel like you might be getting some of the backlash that you're getting is because it, you know i'm thinking if you were to show this to the right subsect of catholics there would be a the the openness would be a lot more like, oh my gosh, like this is brought to life in a way that that I that I've never thought of or or would have thought to see it before. And so, have you ever thought? I'm just curious with your thoughts based on that. You know, in terms of the the group of people that typically will will subscribe to the Gilbert Society magazine or something like that, does that sometimes maybe affect the the way that the art gets received and perceived? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I've. Um... I talked uh, a few months ago to um, 
a number, yeah, like a, a group of um, of three guys who definitely are leaning toward the the, the, the trad crowd, and uh, not extremely so, but uh, they were saying like, yeah, basically uh, AI is. I think at one point they said intrinsically evil, right? It can't, it, it should mm-hmm. not be used. It should be avoided. And so then you know, I pulled out my phone and, and showed them uh, some of the images and like, oh, wow. Okay, that's that's cool. Um, I don't condemn that. I'm like, so it can be used for good then, right? And he's like, well, no. See, like, and then they, they couldn't explain like sure, how they weren't sure. supposedly contradicting them, them, themselves, right? Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of trans would see uh, the, this kind of thing in like, you know, um, a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's like, yeah, it looks good, but really it's just, you know, on the, on the side of the demons uh, yeah. indirectly, and it'll just promote more AI takeover, which is demonics for some reason. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the way it approached because, you know, I feel like things like this help bridge those gaps between, you know, what, what, what the soul craves kind of from the mm-hmm. Catholic faith, essentially, versus, you know, the people that are always trying to go out of their way to encounter that. I, you know, I find myself trying to figure out, you know, based on where I am locally, like how can I get as close as possible to something that is, is traditional and and helps lift my soul while at the same time, like recognizing that I'm not going to have a perfect situation. You know, I would love to be able to drive however far to the shrine and lacrosse every weekend, but I just I can't I have a you know I have a one year old so it's not always feasible to to do that so sometimes you know Winona is where I have to stay and so and, and that's okay and so I it, that's this type of stuff where it's like sometimes that middle ground is is where is where we need to be but it's things like this that help um, that help navigate those those gray areas or, or murky waters that I really appreciate personally at least yeah yeah definitely. Um... But yeah, the uh, the 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 more like conservative trad uh, crowds, which you know they, um, I, I'm I try to you know be balanced, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I see uh, benefits in both like the left and the right. At least I try to. Sometimes I I, I can't. It's tough to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. For sure. uh, but uh, but yeah, the 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 typical and a lot of people say this. The 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 conservatives um, they tend to focus on truth, which is like good. Uh, but it, yeah, it becomes very much an intellectual exercise. And so, you know, if, um, on, on YouTube, you know, conservative channels are just like talking heads uh, a lot, right? And they, they at least stereotypically don't engage in more, more the emotional artistic side of things. And that's, you know, the left for some reason dominates that, but, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, to the abandonment of truth, at least that's the tendency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if we were angels, right. If we were just pure intellects without emotions, without bodies, yeah, that, that pure intellectual dimension would be all we need. Right. Uh, because angels don't have senses, at least according to Thomas Aquinas. Right. Um, whereas if, uh, since we're humans and we're animals and we have senses and everything, uh, we're not just satisfied with the intellectual. We need the emotional, which, uh, is connected to the artistic. Right. And so, you know, to, to really uh, engage humanity in the faith, we both need, yeah, truth, but also, you know, some visual and auditory uh, things that appeal to, uh, the, you know, the passions, really. And and stereotypically, at least now, the, the conservatives don't emphasize that part as much. And that's why we, uh, you know, the conservatives oftentimes lose 
you know, large um, audiences because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, what's kind of I, funny about that is uh, I was actually just thinking, though, before Brandon brought that up about kind of the trad movement. And we have like the same thing happening in Protestantism, too. It, Protestantism, too. It's not just in you know Catholicism. There's definitely a big movement, you know, towards tradition. And really the way I see it is it, it almost is a return to aesthetics, you know, symbolism that has you know such deep meaning and stuff. And I feel like there actually is a pushback against kind of what you know, whatever you want to call it, kind of the soulless modern age where people are all look are looking for more aesthetics. Um, so it is kind of interesting that maybe, you know, some of the more conservatives or the trads would uh, would be opposed to that because I feel like there's something like deep in kind of the human spirit. You know, I, I totally see what you're saying because, yeah, if you look at like, uh, you know, liberal Christianity, liberal Catholicism, um, you know, to say like they're they're like artistic ma- masters is like, no, they're, they're just cringy, right? But, you know, <laughs> If, but if you look at like the artistic industries, uh, like you know Hollywood and no uh, right, then then those tend to be dominated by you know liberals and leftists, right? Yeah, and they they they're the ones who currently capture the imagination, right? Um, yeah, and, and you and know, with just a preface for people, we yeah. hate we hate talking about religion in terms of left and right. Like at the end of the day, we all should be christians you know we all should be striving for the same goal which is our salvation it's just that we've identified tendencies in trends that unfortunately our our diluted american psyches always go back to this like well this is left this is right so i just want to clarify that because we do get a fair amount of international viewers on the podcast so just to clarify there they should know what we're talking about though yeah yeah definitely um, so, but yeah, a lot of, uh, conservatives and the trads, they do, they do like, um, art for sure. And w- what I've noticed because I've, I've, uh, you know, been around those circles a lot. They, oftentimes they start to, um, you know, uh, engage in different kinds of artistry, but then don't go that far. They, they're almost like scared of it and kind of pull back. And, um, and it, then I, I've noticed that some of the, the more artistic, traditionalists tend sometimes leave the faith because they think they're, yes. they, they feel too restricted in their artistic creativity. It's been um, happening a lot lately, especially even in like, you know, some of the better music artists that were, you know, very openly Catholic. And it was like hmm. 2020 happened and then switch flipped. Yeah. Well, I think there is something, and I'm a musician, you know, I'm, an, I'm something of an artist myself, but uh, I think there is just like something inherently kind of transgressive about, you know, creating good art. You kind of have to push the boundaries of the human spirit. And so sometimes when you're shackled, you know, by any sorts of things, uh, you know, that can be that can be a little difficult to navigate. But I, I super appreciate, I've kind of become obsessed with uh, this figure, Salvador Dali. Um, who is more associated with, you know, surrealism. And you look at a lot of his early work and it's impressive, but there's also, you know, definitely a lot of degeneracy uh, strewn in there. But he had a very, you know, kind of public return to um, to Catholicism actually in his later life and his religious art, you know, from the later, later periods is absolutely incredible. And, you know, when I look at that kind of art, I see something, you know, that is like, like so different and just so enthralling um, because it's, it's like, you know, it, it's truly like the human spirit, right? And uh, I, I do agree with you that a lot of religious art doesn't really capture that, um, you know, in a way that I think ultimately glorifies God. So it was super cool to see that maybe we're able to do things with AI and kind of open these bounds that maybe have just, we, you know, we haven't known kind of where to direct these things until now we have like a new technology that's causing us to 
think about things in a whole new way. You know, and that's yeah, beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think like AI isn't, well, unless it's programmed to be this way, but at least mid journey, well, for the most part, isn't, uh, doesn't have ideological inhibitions or something. Right. I mean, obviously maybe occasionally does, there's some evidence of that, but, but yeah, you can, um, you know, create new art by combining, you know, uh, an image of a saint with a weird, uh, artistic style that has, hasn't, you know, that combination has never existed and then boom, you can just do it. Right. Whereas like an artist, if he takes time doing it, he's, he might have second thoughts because of all the uh, the disagreements about religious art out there currently or something, right? Something like that. Uh, but um, yeah, the, uh, but yeah the, that thing about saying uh, art is kind of transgressive, at the very least, like being creative is usually like doing something kind of new, right? And if you're doing something new, um, you know, that's a big change. And that, uh, you know, if, certain, uh, per, you know, people haven't seen this before, uh, some people have the temperament to say like, Ooh, maybe it's dangerous. Maybe we shouldn't do that. You know, hold on. Right. Just take a step back. Maybe it's bad. Maybe, you know, just, just in case it is bad, we, we shouldn't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, people, you know, again, more conservatively inclined people, uh, will sometimes have that reaction to new things. And that's why, and, you know, they, they've done, um, the the big five personality types in terms of psychology, the more artistic types tend to be more uh, liberal or wanting change, uh, just uh, on the basis of their of their temperament, uh, apparently, right? So so like whether you're a conservative or a liberal is seemingly largely dependent on the personality like you're born with, uh, largely, right? Mm. So so yeah, that's. Uh, that's something to keep in mind. So yes, yeah. So like our art is somewhat transgressive, at least good art, because otherwise it's just derivative. Right. And I think that's what a lot of conservative art has tended to do that. They're just copying the past because, you know, the, of, of their great devotion to tradition, which can be good. Uh, but like the danger is, is that they're becoming too derivative. And that's what kind of oftentimes makes art lifeless in, uh, in my opinion. Is, Matt, what, is, what are your thoughts about some of this? Oh, I mean, Gosh, I I do want to say um I I in anyway Julian I like what you were saying, sorry, the conversation um I agreed with Connor um in that sometimes it seems like in Christianity and in Catholicism the traditionalists tend to be you know like the beautiful churches that I've been to like it it's it's correlated right the more um, traditional they are the more beautiful they are right mm-hmm. um you know but um and, and so this is i i do think a helpful difference like it's not um and kind of what brandon was saying that it's not always like the same as our political left and right as the like modern and traditionalists don't always like fit in anyway it, it, it's it's yeah. a different church politics That's is different than than uh governmental politics but um i i did want to um ask gosh what'd you just say here that i wanted to jump on um the it's soulless. Uh, oh, it's derivative. Is is AI art inherently derivative because it can only learn from what's been done already? Like I, you know, what? I don't know. And, maybe, and maybe this is the the argument. You know, is 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 it intelligent or is it you know yeah. like can it synthesize something new or uh, sure sure yeah no great question that uh, obviously gets into deep territory. Um, I would say that technically all art is derivative because uh you know if you're, you're t- talking about like aristotle's definition of art art is uh, deliberate human action um so you know it has to be produced by a rational rational uh, being who's also you know physical but but also yeah if you're talking about you know fine art and stuff uh the um 
as Tolkien said, you know, we're sub creators. So when we, when we produce like a, a story or a painting, we're imitating God, uh, which can be done, you know, well. Um, and, but, but ultimately we're, we are just being derivative because God, you know, we're just, we're just basing things off God has made, uh, and, you know, putting our own twist to it or something. Right. So all, all even human art is derivative in that sense. Um, uh, but yeah, with AI, you know, it's looking at other images on the internet that are related to the prompt you uh, type in. And so, yeah, it is it is definitely derivative of that, perhaps even more derivative. But the thing is, it can quickly com- make unique combinations when told to do so. And so that's, uh, and, you know, it's a human telling the AI to do that. So it's even uh, not entirely art- artificial because it's just obeying what a human is telling it to do. Uh, now you could say like, well, but it, it's, you know, basing it, the images off other images. So that's, that's super derivative. Whereas like a, a human artist can look at a, actual, you know, a landscape and, you know, uh, you know, do that. But the thing is a lot of artists copy each other and are inspired by other artists and, you know, put, put new twists on previous existing artistic styles. And so AI is kind of doing that, right? It's, it's looking at previous artists and, you know, in some analogous way, um, being inspired by them, uh, obviously in a different way, but, uh, to say like, oh, it's, you're, you're just, it's just based off this, what this other artist is doing. It's like, yeah, but, but other like, you know, movie directors are copying other movie directors and, you know, changing it slightly. And there's, there's like a long tradition of artist of human artistic development, just building off each other and, you know, putting new twists to it. So that's kind of what AI is doing too. Uh, but obviously it's, it's different though. Right. Same, yeah. same, same with, same with being a writer. Like the yeah. best writers are, are like to be a great writer, you need to be an even greater reader. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I want to say like AI is in some sense, uh, <laughs> at least in this sense, it's, uh, they're, they're just building off tradition, right? They're, they're looking at things in the past and, uh, and, and using that to, uh, to, to make new things, I, I guess you could argue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of people say like, uh, AI is, is artificial in a bad way because it completely removes the human element. And I would say, well, no. So a human is the one who inputs the prompts. First of all, uh, mm-hmm. there's humans made AI. So it's, it's a tool uh, that we at least hope still control uh, ish. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you could say the, the AI is sort of a complex brush. You could say um, obviously very complex, but you know, it's a tool that we're using to, to make art. Uh, so yeah, human, human created AI. Um, we uh, humans control the prompts. I mean, what I do is uh, when I, Input the prompt, it spits out a bunch of potential images and I reject most of them. And so me as a human, I'm selecting which ones I want to present to the public. So that, that's a human element there. Um, oftentimes, I want to say about 50% of the time at this point, there's some error in the image. There's, there's something off, especially the freaking hands. <laughs> like AI uh, famous for getting the, the, the hands uh, wrong. It's getting a lot better though. But uh, I have to Photoshop the hands oftentimes or, you know, there's oh. some weird bulge in the shoulder or something um, so that there's a human element there. Uh, you know, Midjourney has has a thing where uh, you can trace part of the image and tell it to try again to, to fill in the gap uh, better. So, you know, it's, it's taking orders there. Um, and uh, 
And so, yes, there, there's a human process throughout at least what I'm doing. Um, and it's not entirely just robots doing it. Well, well let me ask you this, because you did mention, you said that, uh, you know, looking at this, at least in the, the Gilbert article, you said, yeah. well, it was like, it's almost terrifying to use. And yeah. to all extent, like even those of us who are maybe pro AI, like we do have to admit there's something kind of scary about it. Like what, what is it that makes it scary? And all right, like what are the limits? Because I can think of I can think of examples of AI. Like particularly, there was a news story not that long ago about uh, I think it was like a Lutheran church service, you know, overseas where they had a completely AI service. The sermon was delivered by an AI. It was, you know, <laughs> yeah, and I think most of yeah. us would you know look at something like that and be like, I do not you know want to sign. I don't want to see that at my church anytime soon or anytime in the future. Yeah, yeah. So what is yeah. it? You know, what, what are these limits of AI and what is it that scares us that like that's a real possibility, you know? Yeah, good question. So uh, I think basically uh, we there's a sense like this could go really bad if uh, if we don't do this right. This could potentially end the world. Right. Kind of thing. Uh, you know, there's obviously famous uh, franchises that um, like Matrix Terminator and everything. Uh, so <laughs> so my, my so some people say like, oh, we should just not do it. Otherwise, uh, you know, everything could end. And whereas I'm like, no, we got to make we got to control it in the right way so that we we don't uh, so that it doesn't end in disaster. Um, So it's and any new uh, super new, amazing world changing technology is like that when it comes out and people realize the potential, there's potential for evil. And so that's scary. Right. So and so a lot of people just want to say, no, no, I'm done. Bye. Uh, But it's like, no, no, we got to use it well and figure out how to use it well. Uh, yeah. lest everything falls apart. So, you know, even with the, like the invention of metallurgy, right? Uh, you know, getting metals from the earth and making metal tools, right? That was a big change. And we even have historical evidence that the people who would carve flint knives and everything, they're like, well, what are we going to do? This is going to change everything. And, you know, metal's so powerful. Are you kidding me? No, let's not do this, right? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, metal has been used to, you know, Commit a lot of genocide, for example, right? Uh, yes. So yeah, and so so the, the fear of like the discovery of, of metals and everything uh, was legitimate. But does that mean we should just not engage with it at all? Same thing with writing. So we there's uh, good historical evidence that when writing was invented, uh, the you know traditionalists, as, as it were, were like, well, our memory's going to go to pot, right? Uh, we don't have to, you know, develop these memory tools because we just write it down, right? And it's true. Like, the people's memories went down because of writing. Um, but, uh, you know, writing seems to seems to have been given the okay by God because of, like, the Bible, right? Uh, but, yeah, there's obviously uh, writing has been used for all sorts of evil, too, right? Uh, of, you know, composing evil philosophies that have killed millions of people, too, right? So, yes, the, the fear of, of writing when it came about, totally understandable, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't, you know, write. We should just uh, try to uh, use the gift of writing and reading well. That's how I say, like, we, it created, the created isn't evil intrinsically. It's what you do with the created that makes it good or evil. That's like something that we talk about, like us kind of being a cryptocurrency podcast we you know we hear all the the horror stories you know silk road everything like that horrific examples human trafficking those types of things are nobody endorses that most people that are prominent in in this space that we're we're tapping into to have these high level technology conversations but is it a reality that stuff is being done that is 
intrinsically evil? Yeah. But does it make that thing evil? No. Like, there's tons of evil being done with (laughs) U.S. dollar every day. So that's what we always kind of try to hone in on here, especially with with the with the different um, you know, technology that that we're being exposed to every day. Um, one thing I was curious about, and being an educator, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Considering you're you're dealing with students every day, with with AI and stuff, and and the technology going where it is, have we? I feel like sometimes we're losing um, just kind of that that human spirit of adventure and invention it, it itself. I just don't, it feels like sometimes we're getting so boiled down into the technology that, that we're forgetting to, you know, continue exploring new frontiers, do what hasn't been done before. And, and in a sense, I suppose, you know, with what, what's going on in technology, we're, we're doing things that haven't been done before, but, you know, just bridging that gap between going out doing things in the real world versus being in yourself and in your devices. I'm just curious, what are you seeing uh, uh, from the as an educator? How are some of those things being tapped into with the youth today? And and what are some things that you're encouraging uh, your students to pursue? So that you know, I'm sure I'm sure you're constantly having to tell them get off your phone. Um, so what, well, yeah, what we, are you we, we just banned that? phones uh, from the schools. That's, so. that's the yeah. smart way to do it, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 no brainer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's weird, and and you know, I I uh, teach at a unique school, so I don't know if this is characteristic of the, the the youth in general, but they seem to be getting smarter. Like kids seem to be getting smarter, and I think it's because of the technology, internet, and just the information mm-hmm. that's out there. They do seem to get, be getting more depressed, though. Um, and I think, yeah, it's because maybe they don't go out and into nature as, as, as much, but, but, but also just social media too. Like if you, you know, do something slightly wrong then everybody knows about it. And so it's, it's just nerve wracking. And, you know, you, there's like at least a, a, a minor, you know, canceling that could happen in any second. So that, that depresses people. So that's kind of the two things where, uh, kids don't seem to be getting stupid. They seem to be getting smarter, uh, but also more depressed, <laughs> Um, and, and it's this whole, you know, tension with like how much in nature should we be basically how much in the wild should we be versus how much in civilization should we be? Um, and you know, there's something to like, go, go into the wild and, you know, uh, affirm that, that this is actually you know, like, we, we are animals, uh, right. We're not just intellectual beings. Civilization is more intellectual. Uh, but yeah, we can't neglect either side of that. Otherwise, you know, we lack fulfillment in some sense, then we get depressed. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, civilization done well is is meant to maximize the intellectual in a good way and to, to think about higher things, uh, ultimately God, right? Because, um, and this is Aristotle. So Aristotle says, uh, you know, cities come about uh, to make, make uh, menial tasks easier. So we don't have to just spend, you know, time foraging for food or even farming, right? And so once, you know, the, the basic needs are, are met, then we can do philosophy, right? And we can uh, contemplate uh, the good and, and whatnot, right? That's, that's what leisure, like free time, is supposed to be used for, right? But oftentimes when a civilization, you know, gets so comfortable and we don't have to, like, work hard uh, for basic needs, sometimes people don't use their leisure for, uh, you know, ho- uh, noble ends, right? Uh, but just to, just to indulge in even more base passions, and that's... Um, 
obviously that's bad. That's when things go go bad. But yeah, there needs to be this tension between um, not having to be concerned too much about basic animal necessities that much, uh, but also not forgetting that either, right? If we're too much in the intellectual or digital world, then we're gonna part of a part of our nature is gonna die, and we're just gonna be miserable. So yep. yeah, there's. There needs to be a balance, obviously. <laughs> and in case that people were wondering what Julian meant by leisure, I recommend Leisure, The Basis of Culture by Joseph Pieper, because that is literally where you were deriving that answer from. And that's, yeah, that's a, it's definitely stuff that I think about from time to time is like, how are we going to do what's never been done before if we if we just stop doing things in the world and we're only gonna, we're only behind our our screens and our cameras here that just right. just stuff that I think about from time to time. Yeah. yeah. And it's good to know basic survival skills. It gives you some uh, sense of peace because if civilization does collapse, you won't be completely clueless. Right. So there, there's a certain mental tranquility that you'll gain just knowing, you know, that basic stuff. Um, also uh, shoot. What was I going to say? The mental tranquility. Now on to the next thing. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, did you have a question? I know you're going to jump in there, but no, no I, I have like a couple random ones that I, I have on my mind that I don't know, just Shoot. to throw them out Do there. Um, throw them out there. Would AI art belong in a church? Uh, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, there's uh, I know there's super strict guidelines on how, what the definition of an icon is. I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. I don't think AI could technically be like uh, write an icon actually you write an icon not drawing yeah, yeah. yeah. um so there's that but uh but yeah i i think um if you type something in mid journey and it produces an amazing you know uh image of the blessed virgin mary and it's and you know you you make sure everything isn't is okay and it's not doesn't have any weird artifacts it's like yeah why not just uh, put that i mean i guess with church art, like ideally it should be, you know, uh, like painted or, you know, some sort of fresco or mosaic. It should maybe be printed, I suppose, but that's not a requirement. <laughs> um, you know, it would be a more authentic image, but like, you know, you, you could have the AI uh, make the image and then you just, you know, paint it for real, for example. So yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem with that. Okay. Uh, and then a- another random question. Um, what yeah. would Chesterton, how would he view AI? Yeah, that's a good question because one of his fa- famous uh, quotes is "Art is the signature of man," as in uh, you know, signature being like the the unique um, sign uh, or uh, you know thing about uh, mankind, right? It's like, well, AI isn't uh, isn't human, so is or or is, and I just thought about this yesterday. Is AI art the digital signature of man? Maybe yeah. uh, I want to say yes because again we've we've made AI, um, and so again it's like this very complex brush. It, you know, it is an artifact. It is something we've made, and we use it to produce art. So, so AI art is still technically um, human art, but sure. little strange, oh, like a strange version of it, I guess. That's there's my current. Some, there's something innately in us where, like, we we need to know that, like, we control, you know, the things we create. 
Because, I mean, you look at like Frankenstein or, you know, more modern like Terminator. And there's just that, there's always that scary thought. And like, I feel like the human psyche that what we create somehow like dominates us. You know, I even liken it back. I don't know if you guys remember the uh, the American folktale, uh, John Henry, the guy who, uh, you know, the man versus machine, the, ro- oh, the yeah. railroad worker that went up against the steam drill and, you know, basically died proving that he could beat the steam drill. Right. And uh, who knows if that actually happened. But there was, you know, this. we want that. We want to say that, like, no, we are the masters of, like, our own destiny and we're not going to be controlled by a machine. So I feel like I, I think maybe comes through yeah. with uh, this AI discussion. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's the idea that um, how idolaters fail to do that. Like, oftentimes they create their the thing that they're worshiping and then, yeah. you know, that's bad. Uh, so, you know, there's this a good sense in us that, like, whatever we create, we shouldn't worship it. Because if we do, then, you know, that that thing has won and we've lost sort of thing. And, um, but anyway, I've, uh, so does anybody know where the word Android comes from? This is, uh, this is something I discovered not too recently, but it's, it's, uh, very interesting. So Android. So the concept of an Android comes from this legend, uh, that, um, of, of, uh, St. Albert, the great or Albertus Magnus, the tutor of Thomas Aquinas back in the middle ages. Uh, he's the patron saint of scientists, um, and so he apparently, according to this legend, it's almost entirely for sure not true. Uh, Albert the Great created a, uh, a, a mechanistic artificial man. Um, and it, sometimes it's described as just like a head on like a like a pedestal or something. But some, some references is like, you know, it's a full body thing where um, you could you could talk to it and it would respond uh, and that it, um, could do like household tasks and it could, yeah, it could actually just like at least imitate, uh, reasoning and logic, uh, like mm-hmm. arguments. And, you know, the, the scholastic medieval scholastic age that, uh, Al- uh, St. Albert and Aquinas was part of, they're just obsessed with logic. They were just syllog- logical syllogisms all over the place. And so from there apparently emerged this idea that you can create, uh, an artificial mind, that's just based on, you know, step-by-step syllogisms and at least imitate, uh, you know, human behavior. Uh, so now, now it gets more interesting because, uh, another part of the legend says that actually, no, it was run by demons. Like the thing that, that was animating this Android, uh, which means like human, like, um, was, was actually, you know, uh, just, uh, a, a, pro- a product of demons, which is weird because St. Albert is like, uh, a saint, right? Um, but, and that St. Thomas Aquinas um, eventually like smashed the android like with a one punch, either because he thought it was demonic or that it wouldn't shut up <laughs> and he was just annoyed by it or maybe both. <laughs> so, so again, it's, I, I've traced the legend back to the 1700s, but it's, it's about St. Albert the Great and Thomas Aquinas, which were in the 1200s. And that's where the, the first instance of the word Android is uh, produced. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's so interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That is wild. I will say um, there are, I do feel like there are certain, um, uh, and, and I wonder if this is just how people thought back in the day as well. Um, I can think of certain physicists who were trying to, you know, do this thought experiment and they said, okay, well, what if there's this demon that, you know, would let the particle through if it had this condition or, you know, something like that. And so I, I, I do wonder, um, you know, that's how, um, they, they couldn't think of 
automated things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, all the way yeah, down. it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh. yeah. No, the yeah. So the uh, the impulse to say like, oh, it's demons when when you are confronted with something that's uh, dangerous and like powerful, right? Uh, is um, something that people are very inclined to do, right? Because yeah, if, if something's new and you see like, ooh, this could go really bad, uh, you know, that that sense of danger doesn't feel good. And if it's like really intimidating and powerful, then, oh, it must be like really bad. It must be a demon. Demons must be behind this somehow. What because, what fallacy, what, what logical fallacy would that be? Yeah, that is, uh, I call it the demonic fallacy. Now it's a subcategory of... Let's is it see. the opposite of God of the gaps? It's the demon of the gaps? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess it might be a sort of a false dichotomy too, right? That's what um, that's what I, I was I, thinking. Yeah, yeah. You're, it's, you're it's closer. A you're 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 a lot closer to your logic classes than I am from my philosophy degree. So that's why I wanted to run it by you because I was. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I had I had a couple of wheels turning, but I'm like, I don't know which one that would be. But to, to it definitely it to, felt fallacious. To bring yeah, it back yeah. to the beginning of this conversation, all those people who were saying that the AI actually was demonic and, and evil. Really, they're, they're just very traditional, right? They're medieval yeah. and they're, you know, hey, I don't know what it is. It's got to be demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. But, uh, oh, also, uh, t- speaking of the Middle Ages and scholasticism, so we eventually, I think 100 years later after uh, Al- uh, Albertus, um, was a guy named, uh, a Franciscan named, Raymond Lull or Raymond Lully. And some secular uh, computer scientists say that this, this Franciscan, this medieval Franciscan was the first one to technically invent a computer. Um, and uh, so supposedly we've, we've lost his device. So, so this, this, this Franciscan, this medieval Franciscan apparently had some sort of clockwork device where you could uh, input a subject of a sentence uh, and then input a, a predicate of a sentence and it would output some um, response or something to it. And, and he made it uh, to as an apo- apologetics tool to fight Islam. <laughs> and so, but yeah, we've lost the device. But the, the description of this device says, um, according to some computer scientists, says it technically fulfills the, d- the definition of a computer. Uh, so again, that the this weird like medieval um, uh, origin of computers and I guess AI too, which is the biggest plot twist ever. I mean, anybody can write a, anybody can write a prompt. It's just back then they, they wouldn't have been plugging it into anything. They would have just had to have memorized, you know, every, every, every little detail. It's like, okay, if he, if if I go, if I go this way, He's going to go this way and then I'm going to go, I'm going to counter this way. And then, you know, cause they used yeah, to just well, sort of go like, back and like, forth like that all the yeah, time. The, the medieval scholastics, you know, they had syllogisms, right? So they, yep. they had, they, they knew what a, a good, like various good arguments would look like. And then they would just yep. input the terms and, and they would know whether the conclusion follows or not. Right. And so there was a sort of input output, uh, you know, at least on paper in theory already at work. Very yeah. function based. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've kind of talked about, uh, you know, the um, maybe the dangers of AI, all the fears that people have. Um, I'm kind of curious, too, because I kind of feel like there's like a uh, like a type A type problem, you know, type A or type B problem when people kind of approach this. So a lot of people are concerned that we start developing AI and, you know, we basically build 
build build an evil, right? Oppenheimer just came out, you know, recently, and it's right. the problem that he had, right? You know, now I've become death destroyer of worlds. I just created this great evil. So, with right. because of that problem, they don't want the guilt of having created something that could do great harm. So the the solution is then to just not get involved with AI. But then the other problem is, hey, we don't get involved with AI, and AI develops anyway, but no Christian involvement, you know? And then, exactly. Yeah. Is. That's, that's one of the most important things I think in this whole discussion. Yeah. So if Christians, you know, Catholics don't want to be involved with AI and develop it or whatever, well then the evil people will, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, it's kind of an arms race almost sort of, unfortunately. Um, but like, you know, in terms of, uh, the Protestant versus Catholic history, actually, um, I would say the Protestants jumped on, the printing press faster than the Catholics did. Yeah, they and that's did. one of the reasons why the Protestants took over England. Uh, the Catholics weren't fast enough to to jump onto that technology, right? Uh, so, um, so well done, Protestants. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, do you like do do Christians think that? Oh, if we just boycott AI. That's the best bet. I mean, really? I mean, do, do you think like the atheists will stop developing AI? Uh, and, and this is particularly important because AI uh, gets better because it's trained, right? So who's training it? If, mm-hmm. um, you know, Midjourney learns things, right? So if it's trained uh, in, in evil capacities, well, it's going to become more evil, you know? If, uh, if it's trained in good capacities, well, it's going to become more good, right? So if uh, if we just let the... The, the atheists and, and the, uh, the deranged people, uh, you know, nurture it. Well, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> no, and these are similar conversations that we're having at our day job. It's like, all right, how can we use AI to help tap the web in terms of the information that's out there to help make us better at what we do, but not share everything that we do with it so that then everybody else can learn, oh, this is what company X is doing extremely proficiently. And, you know, and then AI just basically gets all of the trade secrets from there. Like there's still a, there's still an element of a human experience that AI will never have um, that we can train it all we want to. But there's could be so many things that happen. That's why keeping the information and prompts as direct as possible and, and what we're feeding it and inputting to get the right kind of outputs that we need to be proficient at whatever we're doing. It could be an extremely effective tool if wielded correctly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially, you know, um, AI, cause that pulpit, uh, program, which I, I'm not entirely sure, but like, does it take a lot? Does it deal with a lot of the busy work in, um, in, in evangelism, in evangelism? Basically, right, yes. So the yeah. idea is that it's taken like a sermon and, uh, they're inputting yeah. a sermon into it. It's not, they're not pulling a sermon out of it. They input a sermon into it, and then it creates like a lot of blog post content or video content, you know, derivative uh, from from the content. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So the uh, the good use of AI and technology in general is that we don't have to do a lot of busy work, and we can focus more on you know higher higher uh, mm. uh, higher activity that's more fulfilling. Right. That's when things go right. That's what technology is supposed to do. Yeah, and it is kind of interesting because I don't think, you know, the the biggest, I feel like the biggest argument against it is that it's going to replace the, <coughs> sorry, it's going to replace the value of human work, right? And um, and I think one of the reasons, particularly, you know, these, these recent developments in AI is so scary is because, you know, previous automations definitely 
replace very kind of mechanical, what we would just call consider like straight, straight up labor. And I think people are kind of scared that AI is actually now replacing some of the creative endeavors of humanity, which is like, well, if, yeah. if your leisure time is not going to be spent working, then you're going to be painting. But, but this AI is replacing that, yeah. you know? So I feel like. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. Um, for the longest time, for the longest time, people, including me, were like, well, at least AI will never be able to do art. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think the, uh, how to like maintain um, like the humanness in art and just a lot of these things that AI seems to be taking over is that um, to emphasize how like it's sometimes good to handcraft things, right? It's actually good intellectually and actually at least sometimes, and it makes us more mentally healthy so that, you know um, you know, even though we have cars, we have to remember, Oh, taking walks is healthy too. And uh, you know, just if we automate completely everything, um, we're, we're going to be unhappy. So we can automate some things, but if, if we're automating too much, too many things and we're becoming less happy, okay, we gotta, we gotta just pull it back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, now a lot, a lot of people have said that, uh, have accused that the, the creators of AI are, um, you know, are all like anti-Christian. I don't, is, is that true? I don't know. Let's say it's true. Let's say they're all just militant atheists, for example, and they're they're they're, they're the ones creating all these programs. Um, does that make it evil, right? And uh, to say like, yes, it's evil because it's made by evil people. That's called the genetic fallacy. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, if if that reasoning is true, then you know, a lot of uh, uh, beautiful churches are based off Greek architecture, and yep. Greek architecture came from pagans, right? And those those that architect originally was meant to worship uh, demons, right? Basically, false gods, right? Oh, so that, that has a demonic origin. So well, we can't even our even our Christian now. our Christian holidays. Yeah, exactly. Right. At, at least, yes. Yeah, some of the well, liturgical calendars true, but... <laughs> Christianization. Yeah, like some of it. Not, not like obviously people no, exaggerated, I'm, right? Just, but yeah, there's a yeah. a Christianization uh, of you know, these pagan um, traditions and making them Christian. So so yeah, th that's why I. Um, uh, titled my article, let's bap baptize this technology as fast as possible. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. not, not, not literally baptize it. Right. But, uh, you know, <laughs> just because it's not, uh, you know, if, even if it's created by a bunch of evil people, that doesn't make it evil. It just needs to be baptized. Yeah. Have, have you heard um, of, uh, magisterium AI? Um, I think EWTN no. runs it and it's uh, okay. it's like a chat GPT, write it back and forth. You know, you prompt it and it answers things for you, but it's, it's just, okay. it's trained on. And so I am kind of curious, I don't know in the background if it is chat GPT, that's just like pre-trained on, uh, you know, this the different data set or if it's a whole other LLM together, but um, it, yeah. you know, they trained it on every church document that has ever oh, come yeah, out. Yeah. And so um, it, it's pretty fun to play with. Um, you know, I, I like that we can, if uh, I don't know who created it, but if someone's watching this and they created it or they know who created it, we'll we'll have you on here and talk about it. But uh, <laughs> so that that is a fun one. Um, I I am curious as we're talking about this though. Uh, how would you recommend? You know, if you could tell everybody in the whole world, not just these technology enthusiasts, how 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 should the common person how how should the church um, approach AI? You know, should they learn it, like you said, with 
chat GPT where they learn it enough that they can pick it out and, and call it out. You know, the, the demonology approach where you got to study yeah. it so you can call it out. Um, should yeah. everybody be using yeah, this? How should, how should we approach this? Yeah, no, it totally depends on, um, on who you are. Right. Because I wouldn't say like everybody should study demonology. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, if, you know, you uh, are in a, some sort of spiritual ministry. Okay. Yeah, definitely have some familiarity with, uh, with, with what demons, how demons, uh, act. But, um, yeah, if, if, you know, if you're like, if you're low IQ, right. And you, you know, have a menial job, I don't know if you should study demonology. I don't know if you should even, uh, you know, do, do a bunch of AI even. So it really depends on what your vocation is probably. Um, but at the very least, yeah, it's not intrinsically evil. Uh, don't be afraid to, to at least experiment with it in a non-sinful way. Um, definitely if you're, you know, in academia, definitely play around with chat GPT, especially if you're grading papers. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, even, even when you're, um, even a writer, right. You can, you can tell chat GPT, like, how would you write this scene? And you might get get ideas. And oftentimes the scene might be not perfectly written, but you can say like, oh, yeah, that's a good way to phrase at least this sentence. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. People just need to disassociate, like, especially in our circles, like, it's not a Ouija board. So if that that's the thing. Like, pe- if people can yeah. disassociate that, um, you know, in terms, I, I feel like, like I said, as long as it's a tool being wielded for good and, and help, um, you know, flush out ideas helps a lot. Yeah. And yes, I mean, if you can use chat GPT and whatnot, even I guess mid journey or whatever, as a Ouija board, it depends on your intention, right? If you're trying to, you know, say like your, your intention of using it, like I want, uh, you know, the universe or a demon to give me an answer uh, when I, after I type in this, right? If that's your intention, okay, then, then you are, you are using it as a Ouija board. Um, but yeah, you can do that with dice too, right? Uh, and just flipping a coin. Could, yeah, flipping a coin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you use all sorts of weird stuff for divination purposes. So yeah, it depends on your intention. If you have a bad intention when you use AI, well, then that's bad. <laughs> what, what about, um, uh, we'll say talking to the dead where I say, hey, reply in the style of, I, I know that's kind of a, a lot of people like to do that. And so it's like, oh, it's like I'm chatting with. Chesterton or the saint or whoever. Sure. I mean, if, if you're not literally trying to do necromancy, uh, <laughs> then <laughs> I think, yeah, that, that, I think that can be fine. Right. Okay. In fact, that can be, uh, that, that can be fun in a even humorous way. Like, yeah. Right. You know, write something ridiculous in the, in the style of Thomas Aquinas or something. Right. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, usually, uh, yeah. usually Riverside is telling me how long the podcast has been running, but I don't have the time of it for some reason, but I feel like we've been running for we're, about we're, an hour. We're, we're over an, we're over an hour and okay. we, we, we value Julian's time and we appreciate yeah. him coming on the podcast. Um, I'm of course going to leave, uh, leave something in the description for the Reddit page where all the, where all the art is getting posted. Cause it's really cool. But where else can uh, people follow some of your works, some of your articles, um, et cetera? Anything else we, we should we should look for for uh, what else you have coming out? Yeah, I mean, I have the I have the Instagram equivalent of uh, Generation of the Saints. Oh, so perfect, Generation yeah. of the Saints. Um, I only post like 
I, I post fewer things on there. But uh, the the main thing, I guess, would be my website, which is Tomism.org. So Tomism mm-hmm. is the philosophy of Tom, Thomas Aquinas. Managed to get that domain name. So yeah, that, that's that's spelled T H O M I S M dot org. And we'll leave we'll leave a link for that down yeah. in the description too. So yeah, there's just some yeah. random stuff, even some not that philosophical stuff. Like I have my dream journal on there. That's that's uh, yeah. Proceed at your own um, you know risk or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's really disconnected from all social media. I need to update it, but I'm I'm lazy. But uh, that would be the main thing. I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, you on Twitter. Sometimes no. keeping keeping the main thing. The main thing is what matters, and we yeah. appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what else the, the generation of saints will will come out with in in the in the future. So appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us, Julian. All right, thank you. Yeah, this was great. This was fun. Thanks. God bless you.